Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Yeah, and attention to the technical people behind the scenes. The voter guide's missing from the John and Ken page of the website. What happened? What? I don't know. A listener what? sent an email saying the link appeared to be broken, so I just went to check it, and it's not there. It's other stories. It's not. It's well, been up there for uh, weeks. A total that's failure. That's unacceptable. Or as John likes to say, it's unspeakable. It is unspeakable. Nah. All right, get that up there because people are probably starting to vote even if they're voting by mail, which John hates, but they might be. So a lot of stories today that uh, that uh, the Caruso Bass race is uh, close for real. How about that? Do you see what's uh, happening on Thursday? What? Big news. Wow, she's got a big gun coming in to campaign for her. Who? Bernie. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is coming to L.A. to campaign for Karen Bass. Well, what Apparently does that Biden's tell? Too, well, Biden campaigned with her a couple weeks well, ago. But, but, but no what help. does that tell you about her real policies? Okay. <laughs> yes, that is the socialist from Vermont. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just what we need here is more socialism. California, Los Angeles, not socialist enough. That's our weak spot. Let's shore it up with more socialist theology. Excellent. Bring in the high priest. You know, strategy-wise, that could be their way of trying to get those people out to vote that really like these policies. But that could backfire. People that have been kind of more moderate in their politics and don't like what's going on in L.A. see yeah, Bernie Sanders I'm, here. I, you know, and be like, I mean, I'm never one to analyze these things, actually, because everything you do is also going to have an opposite reaction. You know, it inspires X number of people. It pisses off X number of people. So who knows? Yeah, but... You know, I, I do watch to see what a campaign does in its final uh, two weeks because that gives you an idea if if they if they think they're winning or losing or it's close. You watch what you watch what they do, where they campaign, what kind of money they're spending, what their message is. What's a, like if you notice nationally, the nationally all the Democrats after pounding aborted fetuses over our heads for uh, six months, have realized that's a losing strategy. And they've suddenly discovered 
Inflation is really hurting the average uh, family. <laughs> it's harder to put food on the table. People what, are, they finally uh, caught on to that story? Wait, yeah, <laughs> like yesterday at about 2 o'clock. I think uh, they, they got a memo. It's like now I'm hearing it's like people are, are choosing between putting food on the table and, and paying their mortgage. People are choosing between heating their home and feeding their children. <laughs> so when you start hearing that rhetoric, it's like, oh, oh wow, you, somebody got a bad poll. Yeah, what did I see today? People are not saving. They're not putting away money in savings. They can't. It's all being eaten up with present costs. 63% living week to week in this country. 63? 63% is the number I heard just this morning. Ah. Yeah. That, well, of course, the spinoff and, story, you could imagine what it is. More homeless are coming. Oh, yeah. This right. could oh. kick people into homelessness. And they're coming right here. They're getting on those Greyhound buses. They're going to take those Metro Homeless Expresses and go right to Long Beach. Yeah. In fact, listeners sent a, a story this afternoon. Let me see if I can find it from the good old Daily Mail. That apparently uh, some of the vagrants in South Central are uh, they're they're hooking up uh, their washing machines to the power lines of the of the neighborhood <laughs> so they can wash their clothes. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> it sounds a little risky, doesn't wait, wait, it? The vagrants are hooking up their washing machines. Yeah, they probably get old uh, grungy washing machines from somewhere, and uh, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, it's it's. Go ahead, look at the DailyMail.com. It's the top story. It's the top story. Freeloaders! <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> LA's homeless infuriate locals by boasting about hooking up washing machines to street power lines and setting up huge ten-man tents on sidewalks, complete with flower beds. Oh, isn't that nice? This is how the rest of the world is uh, reading about L.A. If you can't get me a home, I'll build a home. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. It says here, citizens have snapped evidence of urban outposts that are stealing water and power from the city to maintaining a surprisingly lavish lifestyle while out on the street. And then it mentions homelessness is one of the dominant issues in the state's upcoming I, I mayoral I, election. I think I mentioned when we were up in San Francisco a few weeks ago, I saw some pretty good living room uh, sets. Wait, they had sofas, end tables. No. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, well, that's a nice living room there. I don't know where they got the furniture, but, you know, somebody had a flair there. Somebody had some taste to, uh, to, put, to put together all the components. Dad, you don't want to put the black light on for fluids, though. No, no, no. I don't think it was. That's uh, like the couch you had in your apartment up in Elmira. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we stayed indoors with it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. One guy had a working washing machine, uh, and it says that it was uh, blocking a local business. <laughs> one bedroom tent with garden working washing machine blocking a business driveway. Welcome to L.A., one user posted, including video of the washing machine in the middle of the clothes cycle. <laughs> On the door to the unseen inhabitants, evidently homey tent, a sign urged onlookers, don't be hating. Oh, I like that. They're putting up progressive signs. Too. Yeah, that's right. Don't right. be hating on me just don't because I squatted here and wow. put up a washing machine. Did you did you roll the video? No, I did you, not. You could actually see the clothes <laughs> spinning around in the in the washer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. This is such a crazy long story. I didn't see where the video is. I'm no, there's a, there's a video right at the top. And, oh, and it's okay. actually an eight-second video loop. And if you click it, you will see you will see the clothes spinning around and around. It's just the end of days, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I know. 
I the mean, reason the story will get a lot of clicks is because to the rest of the country, this is pretty shocking. But you're right. You're, I, I mentioned this yesterday. The reason that California is in the position it's in is that people have normalized so many things that the general population just doesn't react anymore. No. Right? No. They may not even say, oh, I feel bad for them. They're underprivileged. No, they were just like, just no reaction no. at all. They no. don't feel bad. They don't feel angry. They're nothing. Everyone is beaten to numb. They're just yes. numb. They have no reaction right. at all well, anymore. If, if Caruso does pull this out, that would be something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way to go, but it would be something. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what it would it'd signify? That people really are sick of this life. And and no longer is there any power in all these stupid, well, we have to feel sorry for them because they've been traumatized as children. And now they're just acting out as adults. And we... I don't want to hear about anybody's problems. I there I'm going to find I don't know how to find the date. There was a date and a day. And I know I lived through it where everybody <laughs> took care of their own problems. And then there was a day where you had to take care of everyone else's problems. And then you started getting shamed if you didn't want to do it, or you didn't want to pay for it. And I don't know what that day was. Well, the finger waggers say it's because America's wealth gap has grown. It's really grown too wide. Right now we have too many poor people and too many rich people on opposite ends, and somebody has to help take care of the too many poor people that uh, this economy has spun out. That's a load of crap. Yeah, well, that's what they believe. That's well, why they want to overthrow they, the system. You know what? They've got so much that they believe, and it's all—it's all loads of garbage. It's heaping horse poo. That's all, everything that they believe, and they're a tiny fringe, and they've—they've they've had the controls too long. All right, I, I, could, I couldn't care less what they believe. And I'm so sick of arguing with them. They're impervious to facts anyway. They, they got their wacky socialist Bernie Sanders theories, and uh, they're going to stick to them. And they yeah, put a... Bernie Sanders is going to be campaigning with Karen Bass. What else do you need to know about Karen Bass? You know, you probably thought it was propaganda when you heard that, uh, you know, she was uh, moaning over uh, Castro dying, right? They or... put a poll here. Los Angeles Business Council Institute poll. Most serious problems in L.A., homelessness, 75% very serious, 21% serious. So add those together. What do you get? 94%. Mm -hmm. It's 73 and 21. That's it. So there, there's really... Next like was housing affordability. Climate change is down there at 40%. So climate change. Yeah, well, that's, that's, another, that's another fantasy issue. <laughs> Nobody here in LA can, can do anything about it. Let me tell you something. It's pretty simple. If, uh, if, if you think homelessness is overwhelming, and just about all of you do, do you want the Rick Caruso Construction Company or the Karen Bass Construction Company? That's your <laughs> choice. Karen, Karen yes. Bass well, will not build anything. But based on what they're both saying, they're going to be running a, a citywide construction company. So who, whose company do you want? Uh, look at what Rick Caruso has built, and uh, let's look at what Karen Bass has built. And the same thing with uh, with crime. Do you want the Rick Caruso well, Police Department or the Karen Bass Police Department, where a clown car will show up and uh, 12 social workers will tumble out? Well, that's funny you said that, because the only problem I have with Caruso's position that I'm going to build is two things. Where are you going to build, and what are you going to build? Now, you can't be building $700,000 apartments like Garcetti did, uh, it's going to be tough to build in a lot of neighborhoods that will fight you building homeless housing. So what is it you're going to build? Because there's just not a lot of space in L.A. to build. I, I, right. I, I think he's going to build a lot of temporary. Uh, yeah, and that's getting rejected more and more by the homeless and their activist yeah. friends. 
They want privacy. They want their own home or apartment. Then you they don't want to be living in some sort of cheap. When, when he's been pressed, up, he, when he's been pressed, tiny home. Yeah, I know. When the reporters say, "Well, what are you going to do if they if if they don't go? What are you going to do?" And eventually, you know, he says, "Well, they're going to have to be forced to go." You know. All right, well, let's get to that story because that yesterday you had mentioned it as an opinion piece in the New York Times on LA's homelessness, and uh, it does big part of it talks about how and why it's very expensive and difficult and long running to build anything. Coming up to the keyword, it's back. You'll have a chance at um, inflation bonus money. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, so uh, we're looking at this opinion column that appeared recently in the New York Times, but the title of it is kind of catchy, and that's why it got grabbed. The way Los Angeles is trying to solve homelessness is absolutely insane. By Ezra Klein. Do you know Ezra Klein, John? Yeah, he's a real lefty columnist. He is a real empty columnist. <laughs> he is. But well, uh, I mean, he's writing for the New York Times. So uh... you scroll down, you find a quote from Garcetti, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, he was on uh, public radio, KCRW, and he was talking about homelessness. And he said, uh, it's put here by Ezra Klein, the unmistakable air of fatalism. Garcetti said most of the causes into homelessness and most of the solutions out of homelessness are beyond the jurisdiction of the mayor. Well, that doesn't sound right to Rick Caruso. And then he talks about the two candidates. Well, that running. is a, that is a, that is the words of a loser. I mean, yeah. That, well, uh, you and I believe enforcement is a way out of homelessness, but uh, well, nobody wants to do that in L.A. Yeah, but it still is the answer, and in the end, it's going to be the answer because it's what every other city is doing. You got to make people responsible for themselves to get their lives together. When somebody hits bottom, they got to know it. They got to take action. There, there is. So you can send as many outreach workers as you want. You might reach a few people, but there'll still be too many homeless on the street who don't want to deal with that. I, I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend. There are just people that now want to live off the grid. They don't want your I, stinking shelter. I don't think people who are driven, who work, who are generally successful by whatever standard uh, they consider themselves a success, really understand that there are a lot of people who really are shiftless and don't care and really don't have any ambition or drive even to uh, do a menial job and bring home money. They really well, would rather lay about and, and drink and do drugs and talk to themselves. They really do prefer that. Yeah, well, that. some people, the, the, the real world is overwhelming. The responsibility... Uh, I mean, it's like you, when you mentioned yesterday, you, you, you sat in the basement naked all weekend. So, you know, mm-hmm. you've be, be doing days. that for years. It was two days. All right. This story, they talked to Yasmin Tong. It's a great name. Yasmin Tong, founder of CTY Housing, a consultancy on affordable housing projects. She supposedly has participated in more than a billion dollars worth of affordable housing development. And um, she won some sort of award. Anyway. She explained how it gets built. And this is where it gets insane. First, it takes a year to find a place to build. You need land that's available. Given the population you're housing, you need proximity to transit and groceries and pharmacies. Really? You need to have a reason to believe you got the support of the community or overcoming opposition. You need to be able to outbid other developers who can pay more, who can line up with their financing faster. If you find land that you move on to step two, get the entitlements, the local approval, the permits. That too takes a year or so if all goes well. But then it often doesn't. And this is the part where I understood the wall here. It's community opposition. And I think that's true. I think a lot of people do not want you putting up homeless housing in their neighborhood. You're going to have to put it in outlying areas. 
Well, know, you, you and, saw Caruso thinks he can get it done. He was talking about Venice. I think people there want to have affordable housing for the well, homeless they, in their neighborhood. I've talked to them. They're welcoming enough. They have sympathy. He thinks he can get it done. Well, here's the thing. When, when Bonin and Garcetti brought a bridge home project to Venice, what happened? They made a lot of promises that it would be contained inside the building. There wouldn't be spillover out into the streets. It wouldn't attract other homeless people. And the police would provide enforcement. They lied about all those things. And it turned into an open-air drug festival. And what happened? There were encampments outside the bridge housing. Right. right. So everyone in Venice uh, it, it looks at the government as having no credibility. And Caruso is going to now be switching hats, and he's going to be the government. So he's going to have to go in there and explain why you can trust him, even though Garcetti and, and Bonin screwed you over. And and that's 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 a tough audience. I, I mean, I know a lot of people who live in Venice, and it's been really difficult for a long time. And they don't believe anybody, and they shouldn't believe anybody. They've been lied to repeatedly by Garcetti and Bonin. So I I that that is the toughest. See to me. And again, Crusoe's got to say stuff to get elected. I'd never get elected on anything because I'd be saying, you know what? You're all going out to the open spaces, out in the desert, out in the wilds. Yeah, if, if you if, really if, want your freedom off the grid, you know, we'll if, set you up out there. You know, if, if we're going to spend tax money, on any, uh, tax money on anything, it is not going to be in residential areas. Because nobody's going to want it and you're going to end up in an eight-year court fight. And I don't have eight years. I've got four years. So you want housing, it's going to be on my term. It's terms. It's going to be temporary shelter. It's going to be out on the edge. It has to be. So he writes that Caruso is very excited about low-cost prefabricated projects. I saw over the weekend a story which described them. These are like the tiny homes, which everybody listening right now would say, fine, you're homeless, take this. But increasingly the activists and the homeless are saying, oh, that's like a little tiny prison cell. I don't want that. Again, what we've seen in the last couple of years, everything is getting jacked up. Well, oh, we want all sorts of supportive housing. We want a big apartment. We want privacy. We don't want your tiny your tiny home. But it, but it hasn't worked. They they don't get anything. And and so I'm not sure there's I don't they're not sincere in what they want. Because I think the homeless advocates are anarchists and they want to undermine our way of life. So, of course, they're going to say no to everything because they know there's no way to afford $700,000 apartments for 40,000 homeless. That, that's not going to happen in 10,000 years. They know this. So what they do is they keep insisting on, on impossible demands. They know they're impossible. Right. What, because everybody forgets that, that they're – who could really get this crazy about homeless people, right? Who really devotes their life – to drug addicts and mental patients. I think they're faking it. I think what they're devoted to is a political cause to ruin the capitalist way of life. Now, the quote was in the title actually comes from the controller of L.A., Ron Galperin. And he put out that first report a couple of years ago about those $800,000 homeless housing projects. He said, if you look at the inflated cost that comes along with all the regulation and rules and restrictions and limitations, basically all of this money is just feeding the beast of covering the cost of the regulations. Yes, they get $134,000 on average from the city. By the way, that's what the city says actually comes from the HHH money. It's only $134,000 per unit. The rest is from financing. 
but the hoops that have to be jumped through to get that may very well exceed the 134,000. We've created an absolutely insane system. Well, here, here's here's part of it. If if you get past local opposition, you have to agree to a range of concessions that sends the costs ballooning. To try to neutralize local attacks, developers hire pricey architects, redo the plans repeatedly, make all kinds of aesthetic and architectural concessions or additions, hire extra lawyers and auditors, and on and on. Even if a project does survive all this, it does so at a higher per unit cost, which then is used as opposition for the next project. Right. So right. The, the, the system, see, the government has made such an impossible system. There's too many rules. There's too many regulations. There's too much of everything. Oh, and California's got so many regulations, environmental, oh, right. everything on any so, kind of project. When you've, when you've had this insanity, which is built over about 50 years, last time we built stuff easily was probably in the 1960s. So for 50 years, you've had all these worm-headed bureaucrats creating all kinds of rules and restrictions and created a whole lawsuit environment. Uh, you make it impossible, and it is now impossible. So they won. They made it impossible to build anything at a at a decent price and do it quickly. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, uh, coming up after three o'clock, we'll be joined by Daniel Gus and the Gus Report for the latest on the LA City Council. They did meet in person today. There were protesters. I saw some video, less of them. But some of them made noise. Everyone's getting tired, though. I just sense. I I think so. I sense that you can only do this for so long. Uh, I got the answer. Finally, we'll talk about it after three o'clock as to what happens to Kevin DeLeon's money now that he's refusing to resign from the city council. But he's also been told that he can't have a leave of absence. So how does this work? They can't remove him. The city council cannot. Has to be removed only by recall. Even he said that because he's not going anywhere. But we can explain Thanks to uh, somebody in L.A. city government, the city clerk and the city charter in the uh, three o'clock hour on the John and Ken show, where we will also have another keyword for your chance to win some money. The moist line is coming back around in just three days. So here's your first warning of the week. If you want to leave a message, something on your mind right now, you want to shout at all the listeners, you can uh, use the iHeartRadio app. And that's the microphone icon on the iHeartRadio app to leave a message. The toll-free number is one 877 moist 1-877-664-7886. A big decision this afternoon from the state of New York. The New York State Supreme Court has ordered New York City to rehire and pay back wages to the unvaccinated city employees. Ah! Doesn't that tell you we're over this now, doesn't it? <laughs> David Chokshi, Chokshi, C-H-O-K-S-H-I, Chokshi, he's the city's health commissioner. He issued an order last year, about a year ago, requiring all city employees to be inoculated against the virus. Later, he issued a similar order for private sector employees. Well, the mayor assigned a supplementary executive order to that letter, to that later mandate, carving out exemptions for athletes, musicians, and other performers. The court deemed both Chokshi's and Adams' orders arbitrary and capricious. And they found that Chokshi violated the New York State Constitution. The health commissioner cannot create a new condition of employment for city employees, cannot prohibit an employee from reporting to work, and cannot terminate employees. And the mayor 
cannot exempt certain employees from these orders. I remember that there was an uproar because what's going to happen with visiting athletes that come yeah. into play in New York? Yeah. Do they have to well, be vaccinated? Or- yeah, but look how long it took. I mean, this was unconstitutional the day they issued these orders. I know, it's a year later. It's a year later, and I guess all these people have been you out You always work. make the greatest point about that. You always said, do it, it'll take so long to reverse it, we'll get most of it done. Exactly, that, and that's how they operate. Because that's they, what they, happened with DACA, right? Yes. Obama's uh, deferred arrival for whatever, Look. deferred deportment for our childhood arrival. Sure, and that's hung in there for almost 10 years now. You just do stuff. It's, I, it's actually true throughout life. If you just take some action, you, you, you grab some territory, it's hard to unwind an action if, it, if it's bold and dramatic. Even right. if it's illegal, it's wrong, there's opposition. Because that's, that's the excuses that people give. Oh, the, the people aren't going to like that. There's going to be opposition. I'm going to get criticized. Do it anyway. Because once you've done it, it's up to them now to try to roll it back. And rolling something back is much harder than just putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is mine. This is what I'm going to do. Now, the judge who authored the opinion on the New York State Supreme Court, his name is Ralph Porzio, he made a great point, which really gets to the heart of this. And I guess a year, year and a half ago, we didn't exactly know this. He said that vaccination against COVID-19 does not prevent transmission. Mm. The decision is not a commentary on the efficacy of vaccination. So, I mean, the thinking was, well, some of these guys are, as you said, just control freaks, that we don't want these employees at work without the vaccine because they'll spread COVID. Well, we all spread COVID. Vaccinated or not, we do. Well, they, in the past, a lot of vaccines stopped the spread of a particular disease, and they assumed that this was going to work the same way. I thought it was going to work the same way. You did. You were like, oh, it's going to block a, well, it's that's gonna block me from getting it. It's going to block a... Because, well, otherwise, why? then the only reason to take it is protect yourself against severe symptoms, right? But the whole idea is like, you must take it because otherwise you're putting other lives at risk. Well, well you're not. Because it doesn't... In theory, if you are vaccinated and you get COVID... The virus is not going to produce as well inside your body because the vaccine will counter it to some extent. You'll still have symptoms. You don't get as sick, right? So in theory, you won't be as infectious to others. But we found out that there's just so many people and, and so many of them are vaccinated or not vaccinated and there's such degrees of contamination that there was no hard and fast rule here. Yeah, people were infectious. And it turned out the vaccine didn't entirely stop you from getting infected. And then you had all these different variants come. And I know plenty of people that got uh, that got uh, vaxxed and boosted and still ended up getting pretty sick for about a week or 10 days with one form of COVID or another. So the truth was, is the science that we were lectured on. You you must follow the science. Are you a science denier? It turned out to be wrong in a lot of cases. They were just wrong. Maybe not their fault. Maybe this right. thing was they beyond. They were like, oh, it threw us some curves. We didn't, the things we, yeah. well, we're learning as we go. Yeah. So it was beyond their capabilities. It was stuff they didn't know. They made proclamations. And what we had was a moral frenzy. We had a moral panic. And that's what was driving the decisions and the behavior and leading these government. Con- Nothing worse than government control freaks in the midst of a moral panic. Right. Because they're always going to say, well, if we could just save one life, we don't care how much freedom we take from people. That's so, their attitude. And it's in the sick. end, it was to me, it was kind of a libertarian decision by this New York State Supreme Court. Because they're saying, all right, if you choose not to be vaccinated, well, if you get COVID, you might get very sick. You could even die. But just like everybody else, you're going to be able to transmit it. If you do take the vaccine, well, you may not die. You may not get very sick. But you could still transmit the virus. So 
you can't be firing people just because they won't be vaccinated because they're making a decision for themselves and their own body and their own life. Yeah. And that's kind of what they were saying. there. Look, look just in the last week, and, and I, we predicted this two years ago, that people are going to look back on that on the era. We said this in real time. People are going to look back on this era and they're going to say, what the hell was going on? little nutty, yeah. And this week, everyone's looking back at all the reading and math scores, and they're so, so bad across the country. And now everyone's going, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have shut down the schools. And now this judge is saying, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have fired all those people. And there was a lot of stuff done that was wrong. You shouldn't have shut down all those. I read that. I read that uh, today. They were talking about all the reasons for inflation, and much of the inflation has to do with all the business closures around the world, the supply chain closures. And there was this speculation that if you had another worldwide outbreak, nations aren't going to shut down industry the way they did. They're not going to shut down the supply chains. Because it's caused massive inflation around the world, and it's caused a, 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 a lot of shortages and dislocation, and just chaos, really, economic chaos. All right, uh, we got more coming up. The latest on uh, the City Hall trauma and drama with the two council members who will not resign. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The latest in the L.A. Uh, City Council madness coming up after three We'll be talking with uh, Daniel Gus of the Gus Report, see what he's learning on the inside. Uh, they have set a special election date to replace Nuri Martinez. Supposedly, it's very expensive. They always say that. Uh, also, we'll explain what happens to Kevin Leone if he doesn't show up for LA City Council hearings and he doesn't get a leave of absence. I don't, I'm trying to figure out. I'm sorry, John. I'm the accountant. I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out how this works in terms of being paid or, or being able to keep the seat because he's not really there. You see what I'm saying? Well, there is an explanation. We'll give it to you. In the uh, 3 o'clock well, hour. You're under this old-fashioned idea that you have to show up for work if you're getting paid? Huh, that's quaint. <laughs> well, I don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Look, he's right. talking here. Wait a minute, I'm here. <laughs> Not there, but I'm here. I don't see uh, you. Anyway, he did, a, he did another interview. And I'm looking at uh, the ratings for Los Angeles Radio, and I'm looking at 50-plus stations. I can't find this station on the list that's What's getting that? any ratings. Oh, I can't. What? I'd never heard of it. What? So Kevin Leone, I'm yeah. saying, went on yeah. a radio station that oh. doesn't seem to exist. Well, what's where are the call letters? KBLA. It's it's black Los Angeles. It's a black I, radio station. I think it's way up on the end of the AM dial. Okay. But just doesn't appear if you look at the Nielsen ratings for Los Angeles well, in September. Means, it, I can't find it. And I got all the way down to a station that got a point one. Well, that tells you that uh, KBL- and that's streaming. KBLA has a zero. No, not streaming, but it's the, see. If you uh, get a zero, you don't HD get on the radio. If you if you get a zero, you don't get on the list. They don't print the zeros. Oh, so they probably couldn't find anybody listening to that station. Oh well. So he gave an interview to no one. He's welcome on our show, isn't he? No. Oh, of course. No. Oh yeah. I'd love to yeah. go through the rich history of his legislative career. <laughs> <laughs> sanctuary bills. Yeah, sanctuary uh, bills, agree, uh, global warming bills. Yeah. Uh, there's been a, uh, well, there's a press release today from the people behind the effort to recall L.A. County D.A. George Gascon. I thought that was over, John. I thought they didn't get enough valid signatures. I, no, they're well, they're challenging the decision by the L.A. County 
registrar voters, Dean Logan's announcement that they didn't qualify to put it on the ballot. And they have several reasons for that. Their press release today is that they got a judge, and we've heard this name before, James Shalfant of the Superior Court of L.A. County. He is granting them an expedited hearing. It's not until December, but uh, he's not saying that their arguments are correct. He's just going to give them an expedited hearing to make their case that the L.A. County Registrar of Voters incorrectly threw out a lot of signatures. Uh, he, you, I remember where uh, he was last in the news. He was the judge who threw out the restrictions on outdoor dining in L.A. County. Oh, that's right. That's where he's from. Right. Was that the Mark Garagos case? or uh, I don't remember if Garagos was involved in that. He did. That's right. That's yes. what he did. Yeah, which I think was overturned by another judge later on. But oh. that would give you an idea to where his uh, reasoning lies. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it says here that uh, they were inclined to grant a substantial number of the recall committee's requests outlined in its application. See, what this is about, they're claiming that the county registrar of voters is stonewalling them, preventing them from looking at more signatures that were uh, thrown out. They got a sample back in September. They said they found a lot of errors made by the registrar of voters, things like... Um, they apparently were throwing out signatures of people who actually were clearly registered to vote, but declaring them unregistered to vote. They said that signatures incorrectly validated as printed, even when the voter's signature on file was printed. So I don't know what else you're going to do there. If someone decides their official signature is printed, then that's what it is. And then when that's on the petition no. for the recall, you got to accept it. I, if that's true, they, they can't do that. So, <laughs> well, what did we talk about before? You do it, and it's going to take a long time to unravel it. Und to undo it. Yeah, yeah. They decided By the time this unravels, he may be up for election again anyway. Right. They, they, they're twenty four. Their right. mission at the uh, registrar's office was to block the Gascon recall, and of course they'd have to do it illegally because clearly there was more than enough people in this county who wanted Gascon recalled. Right. There's no right. question there was. So what do you do? You have to do illegal stuff, and you do it. And it's very difficult to unravel because all the existing laws favors the registrar's office. It doesn't favor the recall group. Because the recall group can't, can't get their hands on all the files. And then they can't uh, inspect each signature in, in, a, in, a quick, uh, in a quick manner because of yeah, all the so, restrictions. So they're trying to get a bigger collection of signatures, I guess mostly the rejected ones, to see if they agree or disagree with what the L.A. County Registrar's Office decided on them. And that's what they're asking and the judge to do in this hearing that did get moved up to December. I, it's still a month and a half away, but and the at least pool, they got something. And the pool of registered voters is wildly inflated because they have a lot of dead people still listed and people who moved away. Yeah, and, that's another argument that they didn't have to collect as many valid signatures as were required because the voter rolls are inflated. Mm-hmm. By at least 208,000, they believe. You mean, you know possibly what? as much as 500,000. Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of dead people still registered to vote. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to get dead people to sign a petition. Yeah. One of the ones that bothered me, too, in their arguments, if true, is that they were invalidating what they considered to be duplicate signatures without counting at least one of them. 
Yeah. So That's if they good... saw that you signed twice, they just threw the whole thing out and you, you signed zero times. <laughs> That's also wrong. People could easily make the mistake of signing the petition again because they forgot they signed well, it six months earlier. A bunch of bureaucrat Democrats are not going to recall a Democrat district attorney. They're all progressives. What's the point of being in the tribe, being in the cult, if you're going to cut the throat of your uh, fellow tribes member? They're not going to do that. Right, but you get caught doing that, and there are consequences. Oh, not to them. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe it's this six, could result in consequences. Uh, you know, in six months, maybe, uh, or, or who knows how long it'll take with the appeals. Months down the road, maybe the recall committee wins the uh, appeal, right? Uh, and maybe there'll be an election, or maybe it'll just roll over into the re-election in two years. But nothing's going to happen to Dean Logan, who's the registrar. Nothing, he'll just continue on. He already survived a, uh, a, a really dirty Well, what if there's dirt. fraud, and then employees who were doing the signature verification come forward and say, we were told by our higher-ups to, to cheat and lie and steal this? No. Well, only then he if, could be ousted. Only if there's a criminal investigation. And who would do the criminal investigation? It would be Gascon. <laughs> no, he'd have to recuse himself because it's about him. <laughs> no. Then it would go to Rob Bonta. That would be <laughs> yeah, the go. attorney general. Oh, well. <laughs> then that would kill it. Just like he took the Sheila Keel investigation. Right, exactly. They go into the, the rabbit hole. Right. You won't be seeing that for a uh, while. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, I think what you said is true, though. Even if they get this judge... To grant something, they'll they'll appeal it, and this could take a year right. or two to go through all the courts. So. You know, I mean, it's worth it just to prove that Dean Logan and that that uh, department is is hopelessly corrupt. Yeah. I mean, that that would be the big win there. All right, three o'clock hours upon us. Uh, another keyword for a chance that some inflation bonus money is coming around three twenty. Daniel Gus will join us next from the Gus Report, the latest on the L.A. City Council chaos and the two council members who will not quit. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.